welcome to the Arsenal way um back again with our Arsenal agenda show um to dissect everything that took place uh, yesterday in the North London derby I know TC and Charlie reacted post-match um with their thoughts but we're going to dissect um a few more things um this morning um in regards to the game but TC first things first how are you this morning terrible terrible yeah. man yeah Imagine if we ain't winning, I'm not happy. You know, it is what it is. What I would say is that it's it's again, it's moments like this which make you realise like how important it is to have extra stuff in your life other than Arsenal. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, if you are a hundred percent all Arsenal, I feel for you. I really do because you know it's so important to have more um, because you need distractions. Because otherwise, I would just be wallowing in you know frustration and anger basically you know what i mean yeah i think i saw your instagram story last night you went out after the game isn't it uh that was actually delayed it was the day before so (laughs) on saturday i was uh on saturday i went to the shard for a nice meal for the missus birthday um uh, it was like a delayed thing it was in august and then out in the evening near the london stadium in stratford so yeah Okay, yeah, I was going to say that's a nice distraction after the Arsenal was first result. But yeah, no, it, it was a disappointing um, afternoon at the Emirates. Um, we'll dissect everything that went on. But yeah, the performance, TC, it was, I don't know. Look, we have to give Tottenham a bit of credit. And I don't like saying that because, yeah, I, I see that facial expression right there because you don't want to give them credit. But fair play to Ange. I think... He, he said what he was going to do pre-match, that he was not going to be intimidated um, by Arsenal and he was going to implement his style of play and did do. But I think Arsenal, overall, on the basis of it, it wasn't the Arsenal that we've seen um, against PSV, for example, from an attacking yeah. point of view. And I don't know what it was. Bukaya Saka scored this penalty. Obviously, Jorginho makes that mistake, which we'll touch on uh, as well uh, later on. But it seemed that it shocked um, the fans in the ground. It shocked the players. And it, they seemed a bit nervous after that. Like, look, they're going 2-1 up. Yeah. And now you think their impetus is basically with Arsenal. They're going to go out and attack. They're probably going to go and get the win. But it didn't happen. And I think throughout the 90 minutes, I think Arsenal, if we're being serious, they didn't deserve to win that game. No, uh, I don't think either team deserved to win the game. Um, as you say, I think Spurs were, with respect, good. Um, as I've been saying all week, they finally got a manager that is it's not really dislikable. And he's got... I'm, I'm, it's annoying they've made such a sensible choice of coach. Um, and it's certainly benefiting them at the moment, time with Harry Kane's departure. I think that had Jesus have scored that chance and we go 2-0 up, I think we'd probably take the game away from them, to be honest. Uh, I also think if we don't concede within minutes of us getting our second goal, I think Spurs are more erratic and trying to get the equaliser and we probably, you know, take advantage of the open space that are created as well, Uh, like we did after we scored. You know, there was chances for us to score the second and we didn't didn't take them, uh, which is obviously really, really frustrating. So... Yeah, I left. I was yeah. I didn't even see. I felt like I missed the build up to their their second goal because I was still so in the throes of of writing about the penalty that it was like it just happened and I was completely taken aback by it uh, and left left the game in the end feeling very very frustrated. I was you know 
there's a lot of talking points in this game about selection, about game management, about substitutions, about individual performances, about injuries and where we go from here into the rest of the season. But the context is we're one point worse off than we are at the same stage last season, having played one more of the big six compared to we had at the same point last season. The difference is, is that Man City have won all of their games. Mm. Um, and, and that changes things in terms of the context of us in a title race. Yeah. Now, last season, you think about the squad we had. This season, you think about the squad we have now. If we are without Declan Rice, if we're without Thomas Partey, if we're without Uri and Timber, Leandro Trossard, Gabriel Martinelli... What are the expectations for Arsenal this season? People will say, well, that's why we signed depth. But the depth is injured. Like the depth, we've lost the depth as well. And, and that's the frustration for me is that I feel as though if Rice had been fit the full 90, we'd probably win it. If we'd have had Partey available as well, we'd probably win it. If we had Martinelli to attack Porro, I reckon we would have been much better as well. Mm. We were missing so many of our first team players. Um and I don't want to get into the whole excuses sort of thing, but I think there was plenty in that game that showed you that we could win it. And there are plenty of things that showed you why we lost. And I think that they were highlighted by the absences. Yeah, definitely. We'll speak about uh, selection. Uh, I just want to touch on it um, briefly because obviously when the team news came out that Trossard uh, wasn't fit for this game, he wouldn't be available. Um, there was a lot of talk that, Maybe we could see Reese Nelson, a player that we've given a long-term contract, starting in, in that position, which, in my opinion, I think he should have, if we're being completely mm. honest. Uh, but Mikel Arteta decided to start Gabriel Jesus instead on the left-hand side. He decided to go with Eddie Nketiah in the number nine position. Um, obviously, we've seen in the past that those two have played together. I think it was in pre-season um, when we played against Chelsea, I think. Mm. Um, yeah, 4-0 and they play together and, and, and they look good to be fair but pre-season and playing in a competitive match is very very different but I think in my opinion you talk about selection, you talk about striking issues I looked at that game yesterday against Tottenham and for me the biggest thing that came out that game is I think Arsenal need to sign a new striker whether that's in January, whether that's next summer, the priority has to be signing the striker that can score 20 to 25 league goals in a season. And I look at Eddie Nketiah and I look at Gabriel Jesus and I just don't think they can do it. And he, he, people may say to me, look, if Gabriel Jesus starts in the number nine position throughout the whole course of the season, he will score 20, 25 goals. But I don't think he will. I don't think he will. I think Gabriel Jesus is a very, very good striker. He helps Arsenal in terms of improving them and making them play better, linking up with the likes of Bukayo Saka, Gabriel Martinelli, causing chaos in terms of creating chances. But in the penalty box, in the final third, you saw that chance yesterday, TC. He does all the hard work. He presses mm. James Madison. He gets the ball. He's so good at that. I don't think there's anyone better in Europe. But, but when it comes to putting the ball in the back of the net, there's issues there. And people keep saying to me in January... Look, Ivan Tony's available, and people are still hesitant with that signing. We should be looking to sign Ivan Tony if we can in January. I think he'll be on board with trying to um, come to Arsenal, and mm. people may think that's a bit unfair on Eddie and Ketia. But if Arsenal want to be a team that wants to win the Premier League title, that wants to win the Champions League title, whether it's this season or next season, Eddie and Ketia and Gabriel Jesus are not going to do that. I just have to be realistic in terms of saying that. Look at Ramsdan Raya, that situation. 
Arteta decided to replace Ramsdale because he thinks Raya can potentially win us a Premier League title. And again, people may agree, people may disagree. But it's the same with Eddie and Ketia. The ceiling, we know what the ceiling is with these two strikers, in my opinion. And when you've got a yeah. player like Tony, Ferguson or Ozyman available in the market, that should be Arsenal's next priority. I think, uh, you know, we're up against City who have Haaland and Alvarez as their two forwards, you know. Even Alvarez? <laughs> like, how Brilliant good is player. he? Brilliant how player. good is he? Yeah. But that, that's also to say that, you know, Alvarez was signed for like 14, 15, 16 yeah. million pounds from River Plate. You know, this isn't to say that you have to spend 60 million quid on somebody. Look, you know, you look at Havertz, you know, you don't need to sign, you have to spend that amount of money. Uh, it doesn't guarantee, money doesn't guarantee you quality. Arsenal need to sign the right player yeah. for the right position. And I just feel as though there's something about Tony, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of his profile because of some of the attitude issues in the past and the things he said about yeah. Brentford. Yeah. I'd back him if he signs, make no bones about it, and I'd hope he succeeds. I just think that a 27, 28-year-old forward, is that the right guy to go for and invest that amount of money and maybe we should go for somebody a bit younger? Um, you know, and I like a Benjamin Sesco, for instance, at Leipzig. Mm -hmm. I think he's going to be one of the most exciting players. Ferguson, you mentioned, but I don't see Brighton selling him for anything less than like 100 odd million quid. And I'm not sure that 100 million quid is there to invest in a centre forward. I think Arsenal are lacking another centre mid as well. Um, mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. that... You know, and I'm not talking about a DM. I'm talking about someone who can play with the DM and with Erdegaard because I just feel like if Granit Xhaka was there yesterday, we'd probably win. So you're on about number eight. It's just true. I think Arsenal need a left-sided midfielder. It's crazy to I, sit here I, and say that. <laughs> I talked about it this morning on my show and I got... I, it gets really annoying for me to have us debate. I'm going to write about it today and kind of my thoughts because... You know, I've been telling people they need to be patient and they, you know, you sitting there and saying we need to sell him now is, is a ridiculous view, in my opinion, to have. You can't be sitting there after this amount of time and say, you need to sell him. That's silly. But if people have got concerns, I've got no issue with that. Yeah. I don't think it's I don't think it's wrong to have concerns about the Havertz situation. Because for me, I look at that game yesterday and I look at it and go, well, their big signing in midfield was a key difference maker for him in that yeah. game. Mm -hmm. And we bring on our big midfield addition in Havertz and the impact was, you know, it wasn't. It was okay. It was okay. It was decent. But I can't help but look at Madison's impact and I can't help but look at Zobosli's impact and think, you know, there were players that moved as attacking midfielders. And I know that we signed Havertz to play more than one role, mm. but other than the community shield, he's only played one role for us, which is that left attacking midfield. Against Palace, he went up front for the last, I think, 50, 10, 15 minutes or so. But I look at what we did with that signing and think, yes, I want to give him time. Yes, I want to be patient. Yes, I want to see what he can do. Yes, he's showing a little bit of maybe improvement, but it's not enough for me to be like, it's not enough to dissuade the doubters, that's for yeah. sure. You know, whereas any doubts I had about Madison being signed have gone. Any doubts I would have had about Zoboslai transitioning to the Premier League have mm. gone. But none of the doubts I have or the and the things I said when we signed him, when I said we signed him, I said it was a risk. We're taking a risk with Havertz. Those doubts haven't gone. Mm. And that's the matter of fact that we're at right now with that. And look, Havertz isn't the reason that we didn't win yesterday and it's important that we say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's also important to say he's not the reason that we 
he's he's not the reason that we could have won it, if you know what I mean. Like, mm -hmm. I didn't feel like he was going to be the reason why Arsenal ended up getting three points yesterday, whereas I felt like Madison was the reason that Spurs could have got three points yesterday. And that's the difference between those two signings for me, is that Madison's a game-changer for Spurs, whereas Habits has not yet been that. And I actually think that we are in the midfield, other than the Rice area, other than defensive midfield, we're technically weaker without Xhaka this season. In the from what we get going forwards, and mm. that's a problem when you want to go from a title challenge to then evolving into a team that can go on to challenge City. If you know what I mean? Yeah, the Havertz one is is for me is weird because I look at him and I still don't know what his best position is. Like for me, I, yeah, I, I look yeah. I look at him in the start. I think of it's this something season. we don't play. To be honest, yeah, it probably is like a number ten, yeah. like a number ten. Maybe yeah. he could it's be probably do a, a second striker there. role. Behind yeah. the centre forward, but then that that shows that the recruitment side of things. If Mikel Arteta had one formation that he wanted to play throughout the whole of this season, Havertz was not the type of signing that Arsenal should be signing. Because for me, yeah. he's not a left-sided midfielder. I think he's too stiff. He doesn't have that. You know, when 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 you look at a midfielder like James Madison, he's always got a picture in his head before the ball has even moved. He knows what he's going to do. I look at Havertz, and he's unsure whether to pass, whether to shoot, whether to go forward with the ball, whether to progress progress with it. Um, and for me, like even when I look at him up front, look, up front he's he's had decent performances. He, he, at times he looks a threat. I, I like the way he links up with players. But is that enough for a £60 million player? No, because I don't think he's impacting games right now. And there needs to be talk of whether it was the right sign. And I, I still think we need to give him time. We need to be a bit yeah. patient with him. But a lot we of... can't not have that talk. Exactly. We have to. We it have shouldn't to. be illegal to have exactly. concerns. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's the thing. It's like, that I've shut down people for having the view that we should sell him. No, because no, I think that's, that's ridiculous. That's, yeah, that's too much. Yeah. And I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that an opinion that we should sell a player after five, four, five, four, five games is ridiculous. I don't think that's bad. But what I do think is bad is shutting down anyone that has any concern about a player at mm. this stage. Mm. No, definitely, definitely. But that's 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 the situation. And you look at Mikel Arteta. Do you think? Look, obviously, we we had a successful season last season. We many challenged Manchester City, but this season it seems that he's evolved this whole midfield. When you look at mm. it, he's obviously, to. yeah, he's trying to. Granite Shaka's departed. Um, you look at Thomas Party, he's not really 100% in terms of being a main starter, main figure in this Arsenal first team. He's playing with Declan Rice as the lone six, with two um, attacking players in front of him. At times, Martin Odegaard, at times, Kai Havertz. Obviously, Fabio Vieira played, played yesterday. But I still think I look at Arsenal's midfield, and I think that Declan Rice is holding it together. If we don't have Declan Rice, Arsenal struggle. And you go back to yesterday with Jorginho. Look, for me, there's been too much abuse targeted. It's, as a, mistake. Jorginho. it's, a, it's mistake. an error. Errors, ha errors happen in football. Yeah. Errors happen in football. Look, errors happen yeah. in football. And look, he's third choice. He's third choice. Yeah. You're going to get a better choice. third choice DM than him. That's what I mean. He's third choice. Party's injured. Deccan Rice picks up an unfortunate, I think it was a back injury, Mikelate was speaking about. And these things can happen. On another day, Jorginho passes to William Saliba and that goal doesn't happen. He's tried something, it hasn't worked out and he's made a mistake. But we're in a situation right now where injuries are piling up. And you made a point earlier on, like what is, people can sp keep speaking about a title challenge, yeah? 
But if Arsenal are without Declan Rice, they are without Thomas Partey, Gabriel Martinelli, Trossard. Mm. After Martinelli, Trossard is the next in line. Mm. <laughs> After Declan Rice, Thomas Partey is the next in line. So now we're talking about third choices. So what, what is the objective? Like Arsenal right now, it's, it's a weird situation. It is a weird situation. But what's your take in terms of the fact that at home, defensively, there's still problems, TC. We always seem to be switching off. And I don't understand what, 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 what the reasons behind it is. Yeah, so what we've kept two clean sheets this season. Uh, they're both away from home. Much better away from um, yeah. Everton Palace, two one nil wins. Um, conceded against Forest, conceded against Fulham, conceded against United, conceded against Spurs. Um, maybe it's lucky we've played so many home games because it seems away from home we got better records. Um, so I'm looking forward to another clean sheet of Bournemouth at the weekend. Um, but it is odd. I don't know if it's there's like an expectation or a nervousness because you've got the crowds there. Yeah. Um, I think that's a crazy view if that's true. But I, I I can't fathom what it is, and also like we we praised Raya for his calmness. I didn't feel like he was calm. Yeah, which, that, that's a good point that I think you made yesterday. I think people have spoken about the fact that Raya looked so good against Everton. I thought he was okay yesterday. I thought it wasn't the best performance. I thought he was at fault for the first goal, to be honest. Yeah, I think th- that's he made an amazing save. Look, an amazing made, save. The save was fantastic. He's at fault for the yeah, first goal. But the first goal, I look at David Raya. And the height is a worry for me. The height is a big, big worry. Yeah. But he, he shouldn't be doing that. He shouldn't be parrying the ball like. It's, it's more, it. yeah. It's more where he parries it. Like if you're, if if height height shouldn't be an issue when you're six foot, to be honest. It, like at two inches, right? Yeah. For a goalkeeper, especially if one like Raya that's got enough of a leap and a, you know, he can really project himself into the air. He's got great composure when it comes to crosses, typically. But like. He has to be. He has to push it into an area, or just for a corner. You know, just yeah, push yeah. it behind you. Don't parry it back out into that area because, with that many players in that zone, there's going to be panic. There's going to be mistakes, and like, you just need your goalkeeper to be. And this isn't me saying that Ramsdale would have been better. Like, and that's not what I'm yeah, arguing yeah. here. Yeah. I thought Ramsdale should have started on Wednesday. I wanted Raya to start today. That that was my view ahead of the game. So it's not me, you know, kind of point, pointing fingers and saying like, I told you so. It's not that at all because. You know, I wanted Raya to start this game. It's just, he just needs, to, I just think maybe there's been a bit of overhyping Raya immediately. Um, and look, goalkeepers can lose rep very quickly, That's arguably true. more than any other player. You know, Raya before this game, we were talking about as being better than Ramsdale. He's going to be the guy that can take Arsenal to the title in comparison to, to somebody else. You know, it's, it's, it's very different. It's very, very different. And I just don't think that, you can hyper keeper up that quickly in that space time. At the same time, shame on those that have been already trying to talk about Ramsdale and what his next move should be in the yeah. space of a week. It's ridiculous. Like it's so hyperbolic at this stage to be even doing that. It's been a week of decisions and shame on Jamie Carragher as well, by the way, for his comments stupid. and Nick Ramsdale, obviously uh, Ramsdale, uh, Aaron's dad's yeah. replying on social media. I can't help but empathize with that view. You know, <laughs> I don't think Aaron will thank his dad for tweeting that to be honest, but, you can't. You yeah, can't, look, you, you can't say what Jamie said there. It's, it's ludicrous. It's stupid because the other day people were talking about the fact that he was um, depressed, he was upset, he was angry on the bench. And when he's supporting his teammate for a fantastic save, 
people are talking about the fact that uh, why is Ramsdale doing that, etc. It, it is, I think, in my opinion, it's perfect. But even Raya's distribution, a lot has been said about his distribution being good, but I thought yesterday was bad. And even yeah. against PSV, like, don't get me wrong, a few of his kicks, they found a few of a few players, but it wasn't yeah. the best against PSV. No. If we're being no. serious. No. So this this number one this number one battle is still not clear, is it? In my opinion, no, it's not. But I don't know whether or not there is a battle, and it's, mm. it's it's because I don't think Arteta is going to put Ramsdale back in to the league games. I think he'll come in on Wednesday and play against Brentford, but Ray will start against Bournemouth, and Ray will start going forwards, and that's fine. Mm. But you know, I, I, what I don't like is Arteta saying one thing and then doing another. Like you can't. You, you can't say that it's an open battle, like I'd sub, I'd regret not subbing in games and stuff like that, and then start the same keeper three games in a row when, let's be honest, we would have won that game against PSV, whether it was Ray or Ramsdale, and not starting Ramsdale has created even more discussion than there needed to be. And I think that was an error. I've, I said it on Thursday, I, I said it on Wednesday, I thought it was an error to not start Ramsdale because of the impact that that decision has. It creates more talk than there is needed. Um Let's, uh, Terrell says, talk about the injuries. Um, Rice comes off at halftime. Saka came off towards the end of the game. Don't know about that, but we haven't had any information on that. I think it's just him being kicked a lot and he's just kind of... It's Achilles, off. isn't it? I think maybe. He was exhausted. Like, he was tired, very tired, yeah. The Achilles thing has been blown way out of proportion, by the way, from what I, I, I understand. Hmm. Uh, but the the... He's just getting kicked. He was tired. He was fatigued. Enketia was fatigued as well. Both of them should have been off earlier. Enketia should have His been. His in-game management was bad though yesterday. I thought I it was. He didn't manage the game correctly. He didn't manage. You, you had. We talk about Havertz. Like Havertz, what he will do is bring verticality and height into the box, and he's the guy delivering the crosses. It's you know, true. you want him in the box. Like it's get true. him playing centre forward in those moments, not the guy on the edge of the half space. And. Now, without Partey, maybe without Rice, without Trossard, without Martinelli, um, without Timber, of course, as well, Arsenal are down a lot of players, a lot of players. So does that change the expectation? If Rice is out for the next few weeks, and we don't know that, by the way, that's just speculation, Partey's out until after the international break, which means he definitely is out for City. Martinelli's got a hamstring, which can be lengthy, can be weeks. Trossard's apparently a minor muscle injury, but you know what the club's like. Yeah. You know, It might be worse than it is. If we and Timber's out for the season, do expectations change? Like, surely, surely, because, like, you know what's funny? On Saturday, I saw Arsenal fans getting buzzing over Rodri getting sent off for Manchester City, and they were focused yeah. on that game against uh, Man City in a few weeks' time. Oh, Rodri's going to miss that. Arsenal have a big advantage to finally beat Manchester City, etc. And look what's happened. We could be without Declan Rice and Thomas Partey for that game. And we could be in a position again that we're going up against Manchester City at home and Jorginho is playing in that game. And Manchester City, even if they don't have Rodri, even if they uh, are without Kevin De Bruyne, etc., Manchester City still have an incredible football team. You've seen the start that they've made this season. And for me, expectations would need to dwindle down, in my opinion, because they have to. They have to. Like, we're talking about third choices now. Fair choices. Yeah. Uh, are they yeah. good enough? Well, they're, they're obviously, they, they, they're, not, they're not good enough to help Arsenal win the title. And that's not me saying they're bad players, but... But not, what who's Man City's third exactly. choice at the end? Exactly. I don't even know. Calvin Phillips? No, he's not even No, he's second choice at the end. 
I, they've got that Perone, haven't they? The youngster. Um, yeah, maybe he's not. He's not going to win you a title, you know. Mm. So it's not. I can't. You can't point fingers at the company. Oh, we should have recruited better, you know. Because you know we're down to our third choice DM at that stage. I'm absolutely sure if Rice finishes the get. Look, I think there is a lot of scenarios where we win yesterday. I think Jesus scores that chance, we win. Rice stays fit all game, we win. I think if um, if, we, if Jorginho doesn't make that mistake, we win. That's three separate scenarios where three things have happened. One out of our control, two in our control, where we win that game yesterday. I'm mm. sure of it. I'm absolutely sure. If Martinelli's fit, I think we win. Because I think he gives Poro. And, that, and that's the thing is that people have, have taken this and gone, we've not played good all season. That's, that's not true. Our, this is the first game this season that Arsenal didn't deserve to win. Yeah. I for agree. me. I agree. This is the first game in which I didn't feel that we were deserved in, shows, in getting it, three points. It shows where the standards are now with this football club. Where the is, season is. That word standards is so like people say, well, it's Arsenal, you know, standards are you've got to raise your standards. We should be winning the league, you know, we've got to do what we can to it. And I agree with you. Mm. But like and Arsenal's aim should be win the league. That's the aim. But if that's your expectation with City in the yeah, equation, right. you're gonna always be disappointed nine times at ninety nine times out of a hundred. I look at the Champions League this season as a far more winnable competition than the Premier yeah, League. Far point. more winnable. It's not close. And it? that's why if, if things start to trail off in the Premier League and we're still going strong in the cup competitions, you know, for me, this team has to try and win a trophy, mm-hmm. you know. And if Man City aren't winning those competitions or Real Madrid aren't winning the, the Champions League as well, and it's, it's somebody else, say if, uh, you know, arguably even a Bayern, they're the only other team other than Real and City, I'd be a bit like, maybe we could have beaten them to that. If Barca win it, if Inter win it, if Milan win it, you know, if Dortmund win it, if PSG win it, I'll be looking at it going, that's a, we missed a trick there. Unless it was City that knocked us out. Hmm. No, then we missed a trick there. In the same sense that if Liverpool, who look good, somehow beat Man City to the title this season, I'll be like, missed a trick there. True. City for me and Real Madrid are the and Bayern Munich are the only teams that I can justify Arsenal not, you know, trump trumping to a to a title or a trophy. You know, the only team we should really be knocked out by in any competition is is Man City and Real Madrid in the Champions League and Bayern Munich. That that is it. So this team is good enough to win to win something. It's good enough to compete for those those tournaments. But at the same time, if Rice is out for an extended period, if Partey gets injured again, we've not got Timber. If Martinelli's out for an extended period, if Trossard's out for longer than we expect, you know that's that's. At what point do you then go, well, I kind of get that we didn't win it. And I kind of get that we came third or fourth this season because we lost so many players. And then people are going, look, we regressed. We went backwards from second. I'm like, yeah, well, we did. But Mm. there are big reasons why we did. But we're we're a long way from the end of the season. And a lot of football is still yet to be played. So I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves. But Mm. I do think there is this discussion to be had about the frustration and the, the bad luck that we suffer with these injuries. Yeah, just before we wrap up, I just want to speak about uh, Martin Odegaard because I've seen some hilarious takes on social media, <laughs> and like, that's the that, that's the thing that annoys me with Arsenal fans after after drop points or after uh, performance that we've not been at our best. Fans go overboard, and look, we respect people's opinions, but I've heard people speak about some ridiculous things on Twitter yesterday about Martin Odegaard. He doesn't turn up mm. for the games. Um, why did we give him a new contract, etc.? And I'm thinking that like, what, what? Are they? And I, I switch my phone off. Oh, I switch my yeah. phone off because I'm like, this is just, this is a toxic at best. Yeah, Look, it is. 
He never had a good game. Say how it is. Yeah, we'll say how it is. It was not his yeah. best performance. It wasn't at his best. It. But that's it. Yeah. By the way, go, oh, he laid in Nketiah for a brilliant chance, I think. was it? I think it was Odegaard that laid in Nketiah. Yeah. Um, even the yellow card may have, impacted, it may have impacted him. But I think ball, it did. Off the ball, I, I thought he was card. good. Off the ball, I thought he was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. But I think that yellow card was immature. He knows the rules. Yeah, yeah. Don't ask for a yellow for a player. You know, and to be fair, like I don't know what was said or what was because I've heard things from was it Heckingbottom that talked to Sheffield United about McBurney going up to the ref oh, and yeah. saying, asking, yeah. saying, you know, he pulled my shirt and then he got booked for like nothing. So I don't know. So I, maybe I should give the benefit of the doubt in that situation because I don't know what was said. But let's play it as if the referee, you know, was told that or was like in the perception that he felt Odegaard was asking for a yellow. If that's the case, that's immature. You can't do that. You got to be, not, maybe not immature. That's just. It's a mistake. You can't do that. You know, you got to be smarter mm. in those moments. And I think that yellow card did affect him. It did change the way that he played because we were pressing really well in the first 10 to 15 minutes and Spurs looked on the edge of losing that ball. And then they did when obviously Jesus got in behind Madison. But yeah, look, that, I wouldn't really jump online, mate, to be honest, and, and expect reasonable that. points of view. <laughs> it's not going to happen. I've had some mad things said to me in the last 24 hours, to be honest. Some crazy things. Like, I've defended Havertz a lot this season and said, like, we need to give patience. The one time this morning where I said, I've got a few concerns. I've got a set upon. I absolutely set upon. Like I said, you can't tell me to be patient. You can't say that I can't say you can be sold. And then you're allowed to be, say you've got... Like, oh, right. it's, not, it's, mad. it's not it's not that deep man it's not that deep but no, i'm telling you i think arsenal fans for me i think we just need to win a trophy i think this team just needs to win a trophy and i think that's like it could be an fa cup it could be a carabao cup yeah and i think this team will start to at least get that hunger they'll think oh we won the first trophy let's try and win more i think it's that first trophy that the arsenal fan base is yeah, craving yeah. but I think yeah. most Arsenal fans don't want the FA Cup or the Carabao Cup, if we're being completely serious. I'll, I'll be very honest right now. Arsenal are bigger than the League Cup, mate. Yeah, 100%. They should we're be, bigger than the League Cup. They should be looking if to If we lose Champions on Wednesday, League. I don't mind being on record about this. Like, yeah. If we lose on Wednesday, I, I'll barely bat an eyelid. Yeah, I will barely okay. bat an eyelid. Because, and that's, and that's not... I remember like, last year. I don't feel like that's we, controversial. That was, that was no one cares me. Man United won the League Cup. No, no one cares. Yeah. You know, ask a Man United fan if they'd rather, if they'd rather be um, you know, competing for titles or winning the League Cup. You know, if, if the chances that you're more likely to win the Premier League than, you, you know, than winning a League Cup, but you've got no chance of, of winning the League, hmm. I, I just, I have no, you know... And I know that people don't really like that. saying, well, you know, in 50 years' time, you look back, oh, great, we competed for a title, we didn't win it. That's not, you're missing the point. The point is, is that I'd rather be in a position where we've got a better chance of winning the title than we have guaranteed a Carabao Cup, you know. Because being in the Carabao Cup can be detrimental to your league form. And I think Man United found that last season. Hmm. You know, I'd rather be in a position where we're competing for the league, competing for the Champions League. than uh, if, I offered, if, if I offered you fifth, and the League Cup, or fourth this season, what are you taking? Fourth, isn't it? It's obviously, that's obviously the choice. It shouldn't be, really, mm. but that's what has happened, you know, because the League Cup has become something that's like, it's the UEFA Conference League is the reward for winning. That's the reward for this tournament. You get qualification. I don't think you get qualified. I think you get to go in the qualifying rounds yeah, of the UEFA Conference League. <laughs> like, that's what the League Cup has become. It's the, it's the Energy Drinks Cup now, you know. But it's, it's, yeah, it's just not what it was back in the day. 
um, as the League Cup and it's changed. And Arsenal's Arsenal's site should be set on... I love the FA Cup. I've got nothing against the FA Cup. So I think it's a brilliant competition and would love to win it over and over and over again. And our history in that competition is great. Hmm. Champions League, we desperately need to get that on our roster hmm. and we need to be competing for the Premier League. But the League Cup, I have real question marks about that tournament. So, yeah. Anyway, I feel like we've been going on a long time now. Yeah. You'll be there though, on Wednesday, yeah? I'll be there going, yeah, let's go for the league. <laughs> That's why I asked. That's why I asked. But no, yeah. uh, uh, we'll wrap it up there, TC. There's a funny comment I saw earlier in the show. Marcus said this TC in a padded cell. Yeah, it looks like it. It looks like it. There is stuff around. Look, look there's things. <laughs> it's true. But no, yeah. uh, we appreciate you jumping on TC. Um, for this very yeah, session after a disappointing result, but we move on. We move on. Um, thanks for jumping on, mate. Of course, mate. Um, but yeah, if you have enjoyed the show, folks, uh, make sure to drop a like. Let us know in the comments how you feel about what we've discussed this morning in terms of uh, the striking issues, uh, Kai Havertz, um, and the North London derby itself. But yeah, if you have enjoyed the show, make sure to drop a like, comment, subscribe, and keep following us down the Arsenal way. Oh,